0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening.
1: Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. You got Clark and Bobby in the house.
0: Surprise! I know it's, you know, been a few podcasts. Oh,
1: you're shocked. (laughs) Hey, every now and then we have a, a surprise guest. Um, no, we haven't lately. Today, though, we are Kids. actually going to be combining two chapters. Uh, we're going to be talking two for one. about... It's a two-for-one deal, <laughs> deal of a lifetime. Uh, Revelation 8 and 9. And the reason why is if you look at it, they blend in together and there's no real way to cut them apart and awkward. do them separately. So we're going to talk about this. But before we get in, this is another chapter dealing with the judgment of God. Okay. And... I want to bring that up first and foremost because oftentimes, as Christians, the judgment of God can be a hard pill to swallow, especially when it comes to the imagery given in Revelation. But when yeah. you look at the scriptures, the scriptures are very clear that God is perfectly balanced in his attributes and in his nature. And what mm. I mean by that is this like, for instance, God is holy, meaning that he is set apart, he is sinless, he is pure. He is a cut above everybody else. He has no counterpart. He has no equal. He has no peers. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons on our one God stands alone. When we think about the attributes of God, like holiness, God's timing is holy. His love is holy. His justice is holy. For sure. It's like everything is pure. And so because we can trust in God's nature and who God is, And again, for all of us Christians, we got to look to the cross. The death and resurrection of Jesus proves that God is good, that he is just, that he put the sins of the world on Jesus and yet still gives us grace and freedom and uh, this this offer and an invitation to repentance. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to what we're reading here, know that God has for years, thousands of years, invited people to repentance and he has so patiently waited and they still rejected him and so, Revelation is portraying this picture of when the time has come. Yeah. And God said, okay, enough's enough. Now there's judgment. So, God's not a big meanie. He's giving people exactly what they wanted. Yeah. If people decide to live life without God, God's saying, okay, you're going to get it. Yeah. And if those of you who have chosen to follow Jesus and submit your life to, to me, then we're going to enjoy eternity together. Yeah. So, I want to begin with that, okay? So if you backtrack to chapter six, just briefly, it talks about all these seals that were given. Well, Mm -hmm. what happens now is the seals are beginning to be opened. And that's what happens in chapters eight and chapters nine. There is um, these seals that are being opened and their judgments that are being unleashed on, on humanity. If you look at verse one in chapter eight, it says, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Now, Bobby, you and I were talking about this. And for me, what I love about it is, it reminds me of what Paul says in Ephesians, where he talks about how the angelic realm, the spirit realm, is yeah. watching the church to yeah. see like the manifold wisdom of God displayed. Mm-hmm. And so, the spirit realm did not know the full extent of the the gospel story, and we're watching to see like what is Jesus doing right. and. And his disciples and then the cross. And after that, now he's empowered his church to continue his mission and what's going to happen next. Yeah. And so the heavenly realm is watching the Holy Spirit work in the earthly realm as God's fulfilling his plan. Mm -hmm. And I love what verse one says because it says essentially heaven's open and there's silence because heaven's watching to see what is going to happen. And now you're a Midwest gal. I am. You yeah, know this. I, I took my girl <laughs> off the farm. Can't take the farm out of my girl. I'm not
0: anymore, though. Yeah, I am. I feel like I'm home is California for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I, anyway, yeah, I do. So mid, he, to talk to no, me no, about no, the silence, no, tornado no. sirens, tornado sirens.
1: <laughs> you can explain this better than anybody else.
0: I can't, but I'll, I'll give an example. We Our kids have actually experienced a couple of earthquakes here. Um, maybe, was that two years ago? And so that prompted like, oh, what about hurricanes? What about tornadoes? What about And so yeah. we were kind of telling stories and Grandma Corver had some gnarly tornado stories too. But one that I remember, uh my parents' farmhouse is a couple miles outside of town. And so we it was not far. We could still my little town had like a noon whistle. And a f- No, no, 5 p.m. whistle. And you could hear that. So every day at 5 p.m. It's like a
1: big siren.
0: Yep, a big town siren. Same thing. So you could hear it at my parents' house, even though it was from town. Same thing when there was a tornado. There would be a loud, the you know, for like two minutes, super loud siren. And we could hear it all the way at our house. And uh, I remember being, I think, in junior high or later elementary school. And the sky just turned like this awkward kind of green color my mom knew what was going on already. She was kind of prepping outside and kind of telling me like, "Hey, put this over here. Put these in the barn. Put get this stuff put away." And then all of a sudden the weather, I remember it was like a hot, 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 humid day. And all of a sudden it just dropped and it was like cold. And it's still. And my mom, it was so still and so quiet. My mom looked at me very sternly and she said, it's time to go inside.
1: Yeah. But real quick, if I can backtrack before the siren though, Mm -hmm. it gets silent.
0: That's what I'm saying. The siren hadn't come yet. Okay. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm running I am running. I'm scared. Like I am like darting inside. We're gonna to go to the basement, get our radio, get our stuff. Mom's right behind me. And then right as we get inside we hear the the big siren from in town, like, Hey, we've spotted something. It's close by. It's coming. It's time to get safe. Yeah. And so just that like the the awe and the the fear. Of yeah. Like, Hey, there's something big coming yeah, and we need to get ready for it.
1: I remember I've been in a few tornadoes and one of them though, that was like the, two, I guess two times that were the most like memorable one. I was a little guy, early elementary, fell asleep at my grandparents' house Ugh. in Colorado, which they're in like Eastern Colorado, which is one of the ugliest places I've ever been to. It's oh, just, dear. it's like timber brush blown across roads it's a lot like flat. Nebraska where I grew up but. Nebraska's prettier than Eastern Colorado but anyways my dad woke me yeah. up and I remember waking up running down a street on his shoulder my head bouncing and I looking up and there was an f5 tornado oh I don't like I don't know that story from 10 you. miles away from Goodness us gracious. and it was in the evening it was nighttime I was asleep but all, but the sky was still yeah light to some extent we could actually That's weird. see the shape of this thing mm-hmm And again, like you said, it's like a coming judgment that anything that's in that thing's path is gone or done. And so when you come back to the scriptures, why we want to use that analogy is if you look at verse two, um, it says that the seven angels who stand before God and the seven trumpets were given to them. And so the trumpets are basically making it's time. There's a declaration. You hear this sound judgment has come for me. When I read this, I think about Jericho. Yeah. the trumpets being blown, and uh, walls of evil falling down. Hmm. And just like that siren was given. And then mm-hmm. what happens next in the next couple of verses is that it seems as if the prayers of the believers reach God, and God has decided in his timing, mm-hmm. it, it's time to send judgment. Let's go. Right. And so, one, God always hears the, the prayers of a believer, um, and God always responds to our prayers. However, mm-hmm. God's timing is different than our timing. Yeah. And his response might be different than we had hoped or expected. But again, you trust that God is holy and that he is good. right? And so his judgment comes in response to the prayers of his people. Yeah. And so prayers go up, judgment comes down. If you look at then verses 6 through 7, it says that mm, um, yeah. there came hail and fire mixed with blood. Um, what's interesting, right away, I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like the plagues. Yeah, from, from Egypt and Exodus. And honestly, if you go through it, many of them do have correlations to the, the plagues in Egypt. Um mm. in Revelation, there's not really the death of livestock or flies or gnats, but everything else, yeah. the box is checked. And and it's just again like God's power comes and humbles um the proud because yeah. he's in charge. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it is what it is. He's creator, he's come to bring judgment. And historians say too, if you keep going to verses eight and nine, when it talks about this huge mountain, all ablaze and the water and the blood and the killing of a third of the sea creatures, etc., historians think that John might have been using imagery from Mount Vesuvius because he was alive when this happened, which is crazy to think about. So if you've ever heard of Pompeii,
0: which somehow
1: Pompeii still gets in like pop culture music and stuff and... It's on t-shirts and things like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But they're still digging up. You can see like in the cement, the stone, the lava, whatever, like bodies and buildings and
0: stuff. Well, and what's so spectacular and really devastating is because it's like it was in their natural, like everyday setting. So it's like at the table. Yes. People sit, And it's just, they just were overtaken. Yeah. As they uncover stuff. And so they think
1: Paul or John might be using this language to kind of write this out. Um, what happens in the next couple of verses, just with the trumpet being blown, the mm-hmm, third trumpet? Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby, you want to explain that one a little bit? Verses ten and eleven.
0: Verses ten and eleven. Uh, let me read it first. The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch. And from and uh, f- wait, didn't you just talk about that?
1: No, different one. You keep going. You're doing great. Third trumpet.
0: Oh my goodness. See you guys. This is why it's good to just come come along with Bobby. Because I'm the one that asked the questions. Let me read 11. Then the name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it was made bitter. Um, is this what we're talking about, that God's over the demonic? Uh,
1: that's that's what's coming next.
0: <laughs> okay, why don't you take this one?
1: No, you're. it's good. It's just talking about how, again, like God's hitting um, humanity, God's hitting nature, God's hitting the animals, and yeah. then you get to the fourth trumpet now again devastation's coming, a third of the sun, the moon, the stars, and one third of each day and night turned to darkness. Mm-hmm. And so vultures are circling overhead to indicate like there's death nearby. And so waters turned to bitter, which is what you just read. Now in the fourth trumpet, there's animals circling. There's darkness thinking like it, there's death knocking at the door. Sure. And this is a creepy movie. Like if you think about like what this yeah, it really is looks like. Then you get to the fifth trumpet. Now this is where we jump, okay, to chapter nine. This is why we're doing this in one podcast. The The fifth trumpet um, begins to affect human beings directly. And if you read the, the scriptures closely right away, it talks about how there was a star that fell and it, the star was given a key to the shaft of the abyss. And, and what happens next is like, there's a bunch of locusts that come out. And when the locusts come out, Um, they're called to respond to the prince of the abyss or the ruler of the abyss. And Mm. the first 12 verses of Revelation chapter 9 deal with these people being affected and and tormented. And God's protection, though, from his judgment is given to those who belong to him. So when you read this carefully, it talks about how there are people who have the seal of God on their forehead. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when we read the scriptures, we know that maybe there's actually something that's going to be written on our forehead, a new name, the seal of God or whatever someday. But we also know that the sign and seal of God is the Holy Spirit in our heart. Yeah. And the locusts were told they cannot touch these, they can't kill these people. They cannot kill them, but they're given permission to torture them. And so again, it's just mind boggling to live in a fallen world where you're wondering, God, what's your timeline like? You mm-hmm. think about Job and the story there where he is holy and he's a good man. He loves the Lord and God allows these things to happen. But once the time has come, God's judgment is fully unleashed. And uh, and again, you have to fall back on God's good. He's holy. Well, that's he's the just... thing
0: is his judgment is unleashed and only the only person who can save you is him. Yeah. And so what really you continue to reference back to Exodus and that's what sticks out to me in verse four is, okay, so all the folks that have the seal on their forehead are going to be saved. That's exactly what happened in Exodus. It was only the people who had a seal who had the sign over their door, the blood of the lamb that were saved. And it wasn't because of how great they were. It wasn't because they were, you know, the most popular. It wasn't because whatever they were the best workers. It was because of the blood of the lamb. It was because of their obedience, because of what God had done, not what they had done. And that's kind of echoing for me in this too, that the seal of God on their foreheads, it's not the seal of Bobby. It's not the seal of Clark. Mm. It's not like some book that I'm carrying around up there about all of my, you know, good things or, um, reasons why or why not or whatever it's it's all unto the lord and that's the thing too that you were saying about earlier i should have chimed in at the very beginning about god's character is that that what you're describing is something we can't even we in our own finiteness cannot understand like god's mercy and judgment we just can't and how Mm -hmm. it's completely perfect so we trust it in the mystery yeah but that alone is what makes him worthy that alone is what makes him worthy to judge is his holiness. And the fact that he chose to come and save us. And now he's coming to redeem. Yeah. So it's judgment. Yes, but it's also redemption. It's full redemption in this. And so I feel like verse four is kind of the climax for me. That's like, Oh, thank goodness. Like that's the point of the movie. That's like, I'm saved. Like it's awful. It's <laughs> scary. I don't understand. I don't get it. I'm cowering. And really, I think let's, Let's just be real here, but like the Proverbs talk about this, the scriptures talk about like the fear of God and the awe of God. And there's just so many things we, you know, we try to understand, like we're reading this with you and and the Lord wants us to lean in and understand. And then there's things like, okay, we hand over to you. So verse four is one of those moments Like I'm going to cling to that. I'm going to cling to verse four here. But what's
1: mind boggling, and again, this, this helps me. Again, just love God, trust God even more. Can you read chapter 9, verse 20?
0: I will do my best. You're
1: a great reader. You've been practicing. Verse 20? Verse 20. We're going to jump to the end because sometimes you're like, man, this is intense, but look at how the people respond. Let's do it.
0: The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor gave up give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or talk or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality, immorality or their thefts. Yeah. So Good when you go gracious. back to like
1: the, the spirit here, like There's right. a spirit of Babylon, there's a spirit of Pharaoh who also refused to repent right. to God and, and even at the end. relinquished, yeah. even after God sent plague after plague, and yeah. what the Bibles teach us and what we really see with our own eyes.
0: Yeah. If we
1: look at culture, there can be crazy miracles and good things done, and people might be entertained for a second, but if their heart's not changed, yeah. they're going to be that dog return to its vomit and just keep doing it. So thank God that he is just yeah. and that that judgment comes. Because wrong beliefs and false worship and the worship of the self leads to all kinds of immorality. It just taints the individual, the family, the community, the culture altogether. It's, it's just bad. And so, just kind of coming full circle here, trying to land the plane. Um, thank God that the Spirit's come to live in the hearts of the Christian. Um, I also just like holding on to the, this fact that God does respond to the prayers of His people. And that, that imagery of the prayers and the incense reaching their way up to heaven and God saying, now it's time I'm coming. Mm. And like, Oh, thank you, Lord. And right now, even in the midst of the pagan vile stuff that we see happening in our world, Mm -hmm. God in his mercy is still withholding judgment, which Mm. means that he still has people that are going to repent and turn to him. And so I want to bless you listening. There are people in your life that I believe God's ordained to be there, and it's going to come from your prayers and your sharing of the gospel through your story of coming to Christ and also the story of the Bible and the story of Jesus and the gospel that God's going to use to change people's hearts and bring them to him. And so we have time. I pray, Lord, that we would you know live with a little sense of urgency at times and take these these words seriously and so bobby and i's prayer is as you join us for this podcast like we've said before in the previous chapters talking about it it's at the dinner table here we'll kind of normalize reading the bible and discussing it and also help Mm -hmm. you make sense of what's happening in revelation because it's an Mm -hmm. intense book but boy is it beautiful and is it needed today yeah so we want to say thank you for tuning in to this chapter of of revelation tackling chapters eight and nine and uh, we look forward to continuing this journey with you